to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. of the Dave's I Know podcast. <clears throat> we are the Dave's You Know. We have the regular crew here. Jess, how you doing? I am well. I did homework. I took notes in my handy dandy notebook <laughs> and I am ready to savor our results on the road. Very good. MJ, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I just wanted to do a brief shout out to my gal, Jen. It was her birthday on Sunday. Happy birthday, MJ Late to everything. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, cool, let's jump right into it. Um, we have a game. We finally have actual matches that we can see to talk about. Uh, FC Dallas 0, Minnesota United FC 1. Minnesota went to Dallas and did the did the business again. Like, uh, what? Holy right. shit. What are our uh, thoughts on the game just generally? Well, the first thing I'm going to talk about is, one, how awesome that we lost to them in the playoffs last year. So MLS wanted to use that as a storyline going into a game opener. We should lose to them in the playoffs every year just so we don't have to play them in Dallas in, like, August or July. <laughs> like, we don't do well in that Dallas – sorry, Frisco, Texas heat. We, you know, we tend to to burn. Uh, and so I'm, you know, like I said, I'm just super happy. You go down there. It's not so damn hot. And we played really well. Do y'all remember what our predictions were? Because oh, I yes, started I do. telling these from the beginning this season. And I have a handy dandy notebook here that with a fresh page. So I think I predicted to... What did I predict? You predicted a 2-1 loss. I predicted a 3 nothing loss. And Zeller predicted a 1-1 draw. Zeller wins. He's the closest. But you both said that the Loons would actually score one goal. And I, and I did not. I was the negative Nathan. So uh, I hate to say it, but Zeller wins. So you <laughs> Wait, your prediction was a 3-1 loss? 3-0. 3-0 loss. Yeah, like no Ray. I, I didn't think they were going to score any goals. Well, and I, one overarching theme I noticed as I was listening to the commentary, like we had not just, you know, no Renoso, which is the big no show headline, but we had no Amaria. Mm -hmm. We had no, um, wasn't there more that we didn't have? Yeah, well, that's that's actually a good spot to, to start to talk a little bit about the lineup. So they played ostensibly a 4-2-3-1 um, based on the lineup graphic. Um, and shout out to the uh, lineup graphic team uh, who was putting those together because it actually it actually showed a formation and players in the formation, which is always nice. Um, it was more probably like a 4-4-2, honestly, in defense and, and a 4-2-3-1 a in transition. Uh, Mickey Tapias started alongside Foxall and Zarek Valentin uh, on the right instead of DJ Taylor. Um, you were thinking, uh, so yeah, Ariaga and Rosales also showed up super late. They both got there like Friday night. Um, so Kervin Ariaga started, uh, Rosales was obviously on the bench and, and he came in in the second half. Um, Amaria wasn't there because he was still in Paraguay uh, trying to get his U.S. green card to get uh, the U.S. or to get Minnesota under the international uh, limits. MJ? I want to know has Ariaga and Rosales or Luis Amaria been fined or held without pay for not showing up to preseason? No. And, 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 Probably and, not. And, and because 
let me tell you, MJ Anon's having a number with this one, and I'm not even going to say what they said. It's too far out there, but you know, they we're, they, we're they were at... not they were they were not fined or anything because they were actually doing something that's beneficial to the team. So, oh, they showed the up. Why. <laughs> Didn't they show up? No, they absolutely did. MJ is making a a, a joke, a not very good one, but um, yeah, they're so they so Ariaga was also both in Honduras, um, getting their and. Luckily, they were in Honduras and not in Minnesota because Minnesota, obviously, with all the snow we got last week, lost a day of training. Um, they had to walk through their game plan early. Um, but yeah, so but they eventually made it uh, to Honduras or to uh, to Frisco. Wait, wait, they were all getting green cards. Yes, Amaria. Oh, that's an exception to the missing preseason. You can miss preseason if you're getting green cards. Yes, yes, that goes without saying. But clearly, we need to say it. So, well, I didn't. I, I yes, they're thought about they're, it. They're trying to do something to better the team and to make give the team a little more flexibility, as opposed to Reynoso, so who who the hell knows why he's doing what he's doing. Um, there was a great article. Surprise you, but the MGN on parlor was not privy to that information, and you know, obviously, wasn't speaking about this with any intelligence. Huh. Fair enough. So. Um, so yeah, so the first half was uh, a pretty sloppy affair, and in, in the first half, um, Minnesota. I don't had, know. We held them off. I mean, yeah, holy hair. Both teams were not playing very well. Um, Dallas had certainly more opportunities. Um, I believe they had seven corners in the first half um, to Minnesota's zero. Uh, they also had the better, the better sort of opportunity with um, a corner. A Paul Ariel got high on a header and put it um, on the, on frame. Uh, Dane St. Clair was able to push it um, over the bar. That was their only shot on goal, actually, as a matter of fact, um, was that a set piece opportunity. That's mm -hmm. actually a, a reassuring thing for I mean, this game. He looked really solid. This game was um, not great generally. I mean, even though we won, um, you know, you're not going to say too think much too negative because we, you know, wins a win, three points is three points. Uh, both teams looked very sloppy. Dallas looked like they didn't have all their, they didn't have their, you know, their timing all together. Um, obviously, Minnesota had some issues. Uh, Bongi, uh, love him to death, but the dude has a, just a crazy heavy first touch, and which often um, takes him out of a, of a out of a play, you know, before he's even got an opportunity to, to run at defenders, um, which is a little frustrating. And I think the first half, both teams are just sort of just still sloppy. Bongi also has this idea that since he's young and fast, he should just run in only one direction the fastest he can, which is very predictable and easy to defend. So, um, but yeah, you know what? He, uh, he was part. He was part of some good things that happened in this United too. That's true. I mean, Fragapane um, and Mender Garcia, the, the 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 attacking three for Minnesota didn't really cover themselves in a ton of glory early on in the game. They weren't terrible, right? It, it clearly, you know, the team is still trying to figure out what it looks like without Ray. I think we have seen, you know, based on the game today, I think we've seen a pretty good facsimile for what the team wants to do without Ray. Now, the question is, will other teams sort of see that and take the things away that they can? And can Minnesota keep maintaining? a really good defensive shape like they, like they did in this game, like credit to uh, Adrian Heath and the, and the, the coaching staff, they came up with a really good game plan to sort of smash and grab um, and steal three points. And that is precisely what they did. Um, I would say Will Trapp got his customary 24th minute yellow card early on in the game, Yeah. Um, which, you know, I wish some things would go away from last year. And that is definitely one of the things I wish would go away, but apparently that's not going to be the case. Um, but yeah, otherwise the first half was just very, I mean, Minnesota finally, after about 30 minutes, they kind of started to put, they started to put some pieces together. They got some good opportunities and, you know, they had a really good opportunity right before the half. Uh, Kervin Ariaga had a really great free kick. I think he's going to be, um, if he's the one taking free kicks while well, with Reynoso out, I think that's actually, I think he's going to put one or two in the back of the net for sure. So go ahead, MJ. They had that one, it was kind of around the 33rd minute where I can't remember, I think it was Fragapane that passed it. But Will Trapp just did this really nice dummy, and it, and it went through to whoever was on the far right side. And I apologize for not accessing 
Apple and and getting all the names right. But it, it, it nothing came out of it. Like we didn't get a goal. We I don't think we even the I don't even think the shot went on frame. But it was just some really nice passing and interplay from Minnesota United and, and some awareness of trap on the dummy. Cool. Anything else from the first half? I noticed oh. in the first half of the first half, <laughs> it felt like the commentators were, they kept playing up that Minnesota had, was like had possession, but then the stats came out on screen and that wasn't the case at all. Did either of you notice that? Uh, I didn't. I was at the black card, so I, we, we could barely hear the, uh, the announcers anyways. MJ, did you hear anything like that? No. I don't remember that. I would just say in general, Jess, I was I was underwhelmed with the commentators. I don't remember. Uh, I didn't research who they were. There was a uh, male on play-by-play and a female on color commentary. And both seemed to be way more familiar with FC Dallas than Minnesota United. Oh, yeah. That and, was obvious. And, and both said things about Minnesota United that were very positive but very wrong. Like yeah, I noticed that too. Like like this is the this is the stalwart defense that Minnesota United is known for. I was like, what Minnesota United have you been watching for the last five, seven years? <laughs> yeah, it was it, I, I believe that I didn't I didn't hear this specifically, but I think I was listening to it might have been the Sound of the Loons uh recap and they said how the, the announcers had mentioned you know 70 minutes into the game after you know after the he might have gone up and there's they're making subs like, oh, I don't, I don't think Minnesota's going to start bunkering at 70 minutes. I was, and I think it was Martha. I was like, lady, we, we've been bunkering since we scored that goal in the 50 in the 48th minute. So, yeah. <laughs> um, lady, um, so I mean, this, this may, may be a good opportunity to talk a little bit about the coverage. I, I mean, I watched it at the black card. We lost sound for a, a solid five to seven minutes. We did uh, too. Everybody did. So, there, you know, in terms of the, um, and there was some glitching a little bit um, in terms of the, the that Minnesota United game. I'm not sure about the other games. I, I got home and watched Atlanta San Jose um, in the evening, and that one was totally fine. So I don't know um, specifically about you know the product. It's going to be obviously this is a it's a work in progress. They're still working out the bugs, but I think overall um, everything that I've read and and heard and, and listened to people have been very um, positive about the Apple TV coverage. The commentators lack of knowledge about the teams notwithstanding right so here's what i would say because you had given um that word of mouth positive review about apple tv's coverage so far right in as word of mouth um so going into the match you know actually watching it live i was um or is it just me optimistic but I noticed that uh, one thing missing in the coverage that I really like, because like I was trying to put together a hot or not review, right, for this match, as one does if they are me, and there wasn't a lot of close-up camera work, on-field camera work, you know, it was mostly overarching, and I felt like the coverage, like Fox and ESPN provided last year, um had more elements of that you know how to time the cameras and the various angles and um i think i missed a little bit of the depth of the game i didn't feel like i got a lot of personality shots of interaction between the players not at least not to the same volume that i'm used to that's that's a good point i think they're you know the the part of the deal is that MLS is doing all of the production for these games. So there's, so they're taking a lot of that and some of the, I'm not sure what the Dallas situation was like, but like Minnesota, um, we were very lucky with, with Cal and Kendra, um, Bally's sports North, notwithstanding their, their shitty business practices. We actually had a pretty good product. Um, you, yeah. you could never see it because it was on ESP or it was on PSN plus or whatever that no one had, um, yeah. half the time. Um, and, and we've had we had really good uh, announcers and, and color, you know, play by play and color people. Um, not every mm-hmm. uh, team around the league, so there might be some of that. Might be that because Dallas wasn't the one producing their games beforehand, they 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 don't have the camera operators 
at the same mm-hmm. level that Minnesota does because we have we were doing all. I mean, Bally's you know producing, so I think Minnesota, Minnesota did a lot of the of that sort of stuff in house as well. So MJ, I know you well, had some thoughts on Apple too. Or yeah, just go ahead, finish up. And to to be fair, um, I don't. I think each stadium itself is you know the way it is set up for cameras from certain angles or not. Um, like you know, our stadium is built for soccer. So we have the luxury of probably wider perimeters in places for camera crews. So I will say that I I remember watching games shot, you know, at Dallas FC before, and they didn't have a lot of the close-up angles either. So yeah. Perhaps the stadium thing. It, it could be just, yeah, it could be just where, where they're playing. So, MJ, what, what were your thoughts on Apple so far? As, as, my, as we're recording this, my, I'm watching. My good watching. was I love the minimal scoreboard. And this was other people in the room that I was watching also commented on it. Like, it is very, very simple, very minimal, does not take up a large real estate. There are not these pop-up ads about some television show or other sports broadcast coming up. Yes, uh, I didn't like that. Uh, and there were even options, like audio options or visual options that you could add or subtract or something like that you could kind of customize the way it looked. So if you wanted to have it larger or more involved, you could. But if you wanted to just keep the minimal scoreboard. So I liked that aspect a lot. I The, the bad, obviously, the audio going out, that, that was universal everywhere. Um I'm not concerned they'll they'll get those glitches fixed out uh fixed. The meh what for me was was the announcers and this will be for those that had a good announcing crew that did homework on both the home team and the away team and that were historically invested in the club so they knew the history of a lot of the players at the club and they were hired by the club, and so they specialize in that club. For those that are used to a Cal and Kindred, and Minnesota's not the only team that invested in really good announcers, um, this will be a, a, a growing period. I, I think as the national broadcast crew watches more games, hopefully not just the ones they're announcing, hopefully they do homework. You know? Yeah. And and But as they get have more time to prep, and there is a larger body of work that they have access to that they will become more intelligent about talking about the teams. Yeah, I think, I think they will. And I think they're the other thing Apple too, is they're trying to MLS is trying out. I think that we're not going to see some of the same announcing pairs every week. I think they're going to try out some different pairs of, of, of color play people with play by pay, play by play people. Um, That's what I was wondering, like maybe they started with 16 and they're going to narrow it. No, I think they're actually going to add. I mean, there's 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 other people that haven't um, that didn't have games this weekend. Like for example, Chris Winningham, who is uh, part of the Dan Levitar show and, and used, did a lot of Inter Miami stuff, um, is actually going to be joining. Um, he's a really good um, announcer. I believe I feel like I heard this somewhere that Cal and Kendra um, were going to be the play by play color people for uh, Minnesota's home opener. But I I swear I read that somewhere, but I can't remember where the hell it was. I mean, it's, I probably also is making things up, but sounds um, like a dream to me. I think they'll, they'll, I think they'll try to get you know some of the people who know their teams um, on those teams early on in the season, just because I know you know they know that there is um, you know that familiarity with the teams is always is important. But again, these the other thing with um, well at least for Cal and Kendra, I'm not sure how it was with every single broadcasting crew, but like Cal and Kendra would be at training. They'd be talking to the players every year, so they were very, they were very well versed with with Minnesota. Um, that's not the case this year. I, I don't believe. I think I was listening to the Sound of the Loons podcast last week, and I think Kendra said she hadn't even got a chance to get to any of the training um, or go down to Orlando or to California with the team. So they're, you know, they're just they're starting from a, um, a an interesting spot. And again, it, you really do. You know, we have twenty nine teams. You know, you don't know who you're going to get. Um, hopefully, they have the. Hopefully the, the announcers know who they'll be covering over the course of the next few weeks so they can start watching those games and getting a little more, a little more familiar with the teams. I think that the, I think the announcers, um, the color and play-by-play people will get much better as the season goes on, MJ. So um, and I think they're going to work the kinks out in the in the terms of the technology too. So, Isn't that what I just said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God, we had a brain 
Uh, all right, well, let's 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 jump into the second half then. Um, Minnesota started off the second half on the front foot. Uh, really put some pressure on uh, FC Dallas, and actually that's what caused the turnover uh, in the Dallas half. Um, Frago Francapane was able to take um, you know off of the off of the volley basically has a, just a rocket of a shot that Pace has to he can't control. He can only sort of deflect it out. And Mender Garcia was right there, sort of a fox in the box. Yeah, a fox in the box situation. He was able to finish um, a great finish from him. Um, that was not an easy finish, that's for sure, because uh, he hit that ball really hard. And that ball was coming at him um, pretty quickly from the from the rebound from from Pace. But that was just a really great start for the uh, second half for Minnesota. It starts with Bongi passing back to Ariaga, and two things happen. Ariaga sends a great ball in. Bender Garcia stays on side, uses his body to shield the Dallas defender and head the ball back. I don't think he was aiming for Fragapane. He was just trying to keep the ball in play and keep them away from the defender that he knew where that Dallas defender was. Fragapane, he hits a, a great shot out of the air. Those things tend to sail. You know, you don't let them drop far enough. You, you, you're reaching out with the foot. You don't get your hips over them. Uh, great shot on target. And, you know, Mender also with a great shot, I believe, out of the air. You know? Yep. Yeah, it was just really great. Um, it, was a, it, was a poacher, it was a poacher's goal, but it, 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 you're right. It, it wasn't – Mender Garcia did some work on that one. Pragapane did work. Bongi did the work. It was all three of the front, the front three doing, doing work. And, and Absolutely. Sometimes you just, you know, it, it's better to be lucky Sometimes than good, you go right? To work, son. <laughs> right on. So after that, it was clear uh, Minnesota sort of decided to sort of park the bus a little bit. Um, Dallas kind of took, <laughs> took control of the game. In the 56th minute, there was a, con, a, a VAR controversy or a non-VAR controversy, I guess. Uh, Mender Garcia uh, was running in on goal. It looks like the FC Dallas defender had a very harsh tackle on Garcia. Um, it looks like he got the ball, but he really, he just, he took out Garcia. Um, everybody at the black card was just assumed it would be a red card. Um, nope. Was not a red card. Wasn't even a whistle. <laughs> they they kept playing. Um, and, uh, and it obviously was when the ball went out that apparently we, we found out after the fact that, that VAR did take a look at it and told the referee that it wasn't a foul. Um, it wasn't deemed worthy of a, of a dog. So, it, you know, um, denial of a goal scoring opportunity and which I, I find hard to believe, but you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not Christina uncle. So. To the announcer's credit, they both use dog. So, and what it stood for correctly in describing that whole ordeal. Well, that's good. It was denial of a goal scoring opportunity. That's it's yeah. It it a a dog so results in a red card, and it's Mm. you know very specific things that need to like. It's basically there can't be any other defenders there. Like an attacker is in. There's only one defender between them and the goal. It has to be within this many yards, etc. etc. Yeah, it would have been it would have been outside the box. It would have been a penalty. Um, but. Uh, it should have been a red card. I, I mean, I, pers- I mean, obviously we're biased, but I thought it should have been a red card. Um, that would have put um, Dallas down to ten men, um, chasing a goal. So I mean, but, you know, we saw last year um, how bad we were when we were playing up a man. So maybe it was a. So a like gift. it was okay. <laughs> maybe it was a gift that we that we didn't get it, but um, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Right. Uh, I mean, after that, it was. I mean, if this game was pretty much controlled by Minnesota. I mean, they they clearly they let Dallas. Um, you know. Uh, puts the pressure on. Um, I believe they ended the game with nine corners to Minnesota's zero corners, which is a, a kind of a damning stat. Um, a, a very good possession percentage win for Dallas as well. But Minnesota kept a really good defensive shape and didn't, live, didn't give FC Dallas many good opportunities. Uh, it was nice to see Hassani Dotson comes on for the final 30 minutes of the game for Mender Garcia. Um, so he got a nice run out. Um, good to got, see him. Good to see him running. Good to see him. You know, he had a he had a, he went in for a tackle, and you just everybody kind of just like held their breath to make sure he got up and was running around yeah. okay. Uh, Joseph Rosales came in in the seventy first minute. He had some good opportunities. Um, he also had a couple of boneheaded plays. 
um, as Joseph Rosales is wont to do. And then uh, Tani Oluese uh, got his first minutes for the team um, in the 89th minute, came on for a very brief cameo. The bench, uh, we didn't really talk about the bench. The bench was very short for this in terms of attackers. Um, uh, Oluese was probably the only, I mean, Cameron Dunbar, I guess, is also on the bench, but he not really a out-and-out forward. Um, they had two goalkeepers, uh, Fred Emmings and Eric Dick were on the bench. Um, so that's how you know that their benches was, was pretty sure they had a lot Real of people out shallow. injured. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like Clint Irwin, um, had a paternity leave. Apparently he just had a kid. So that's why he was not there. So it's just, you know, that's, that's cool. Um, yeah. Anything else you guys want to say about, um, about say, the game? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So I have, I was trying to pay particular attention to my new friend, Mr. Valentin. Valentine, I believe it is pronounced. And um, in the 75th minute, I liked his assist uh, service into the box. Um, his cross into the box, I liked a lot and found it helpful. And then I noticed that during some of the commentary, like replay commentary, they were they would show footage of Valentin, Valentin, I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right. Valentin, but they were talking about Will Trap, And I, it like literally confused me so much for a moment. I put in my notes, did Will Trap's number change? <laughs> number yep. three, but no, I set no. myself a right. And I will also say... As I was watching the um, the recap or match highlights reel, they butchered Robin Lude's name. Not so much. I mean, they did a little in the commentary. I believe the male commentator called him uh, Robert Lewis at one point. <laughs> but in the subtitles, even, they couldn't get it right. They were calling him Robert Lewis, Robin Lewis, like trying a million different ways. I thought it was particularly funny because it was the subtitles. The That's... subtitles are auto-generated by whatever's coming out of their mouths, though, so. Some, so. Sometimes they are. It depends. Uh, yeah, but I, I think with, with sporting events, it typically is. Yeah, you're right, so. Um, yeah, We're MJ, watching any... a, a scripted movie here. We it are, was we interesting. Are, we are not. MJ, What? any other thoughts from you from the game? I noticed some three really big changes that for those that have been listening to this pod will be astonished that one Minnesota United made these changes from last year and the year before that and the year before that, but also that I noticed them and I'm going to be positive about it. That's also should surprise everyone. One, they had a really composed and disciplined defense. Yes. Miguel Tapias gave the ball away at sometimes, but you know what? We didn't get Miguel Tapias for his skills with the ball. We got him for his skills when the other team has the ball. And in that category, he did phenomenally. There was one time that he gave the ball away at midfield, and then he hustles his ass back and tracks all the way back. And once he gets back, he doesn't double the ball, doesn't triple the ball. He picks up the open guy. He picks up the open Dallas right, right winger and, and steals the ball from him. So – you know, for all the mistakes that Tapia's had and turnovers he had with the ball, his composure alongside Boxall is a huge upgrade um, in at center back. Love that. Uh, we also were using width and attack. The loons were getting wide. Typically, we have two wings that like to tuck in and crowd the middle where Amari and Reynoso are. You saw them deliberately use width in the attack and open more channels. Hope that continues. And then Heath using early subs, 60-something minutes, 70-something minute subs. That's, like, amazing. Now, some things are just going to stay the same, and that is when Heath makes player changes that will come with a formation change and it will come with a strategic change. And there are pros to doing this a certain way. You can talk to the person coming off the bench and say, hey, we want to do all these things. And you can handle it because you can't do a timeout. So that's a nice way to handle it. But um, yeah, I'm still 
the loons are a ways away from making a player change, keeping a formation, and then, you know, at this particular minute or this game state saying, no, we're going to make this formation change or this tactical or strategic change. Um, so what, what ended up happening is when we made those player changes in the 60th and 70th something minutes, we went to a 4-3-3. We went to a, a we changed our formation. We also went into a very much a bunker situation, um, even though we could have pushed and, you know, not fallen back or be as conservative uh, with how much time was left. Whatever. Um, they got the win. And I did not. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a, um, yeah, definitely good to see. Like I said, um, all the credit goes to, you know, the, the, for that back line um, and Dane. I think you definitely could tell that Dane was a lot more comfortable with um, the players there. He was uh, commanding the line a lot better. He, um, if he, I mean, I think that maybe the, the, you know, the one knock on him last year was that he didn't sound like he was, it didn't seem like he was very vocal um, or the, the type of leader that, um, uh, that other goalkeepers have been like, like Manone was where he was just, you know, on his defenders and all that. Um, you know, setting up the formation and making sure that players were picked up as they're coming into the box. He definitely, he looked much more composed. Maybe that is just, you know, making things up, and you know, but definitely looked like he was much more composed and much more in charge of the players that were there. He made, a, you know, one, he had to make one really acrobatic save. That was the, the Paul Ariel header that he had to push over the bar, uh, which was good, um, but didn't have to do too much. And if, if that's the kind of game plan um, that we have, if, that Minnesota is going to, um, you know, play a, a really uh, compact, um, composed as you 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 know you, you mentioned MJ defense where they're not going to um, uh, give too many mistakes and Dane Sinclair just needs to step up and make one or two saves a game that you know big saves. I think that bodes well for Minnesota. When I'll, you know, we still our midfield is still uh, definitely a work in progress. Um, it will be interesting to see what if with Dotson if he comes in to that midfield, um, who steps out um, or if maybe they move. Um, you know, uh, Robin Lude into uh, the right wing role, maybe taking Bongi off and, and putting Bongi on the bench as a as sort of an impact sub. Um, I, I, there's someone, I believe there's the 55, not the 55 one that the um, Soda Soccer podcast mentioned that is a potential option for for the Loons. Um, so we'll see. But you're right, all in all, three points is three points. Uh, and that's the first time that Dallas has lost their season opener since 2009. Um, they've managed, they would, they've, you know, either drew or won every single season opener since 2009. So pretty impressive from, from Minnesota there. Let's jump in to our uh, Freddie Adu's. Uh, MJ, who do you have? Uh, good and bad Freddie Adu's. So my good Freddie Adu should be, no surprise, uh, Miguel Tapias. Huge help and on the back line. Uh, I think he pairs well with Boxall. I look at their communication and chemistry to only improve. So he's my good Freddie Adu. And then in the true Adu fashion, Tapias, because of the turnovers and kind of miss, miss passes or clearing things up the middle instead of out the side, he, he is my, my, my shitty Freddie Adu as well. Sounds good. Jess, who you got? In a symbolic gesture of goodwill and in recognition of his not totally fucking it up, I hereby nominate Mr. Valentine Tyne as my Freddie Adu. Because as they say, there is a fine line between hate and love. And perhaps he's now going to be a regular uh, guest star on the Hot or Not review. And <laughs> you know, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get used to it. So... Tune in next match to see how this romantic telenovela continues. That sounds that sounds good. Um, yeah, I, I can't really argue with uh, with Tapias um, MJ that in terms of uh, good Freddie Adu, uh, he was all over the place um, in both good and bad ways, uh, but definitely more good to bad. And considering that this is only like the second full game that he's played with Michael Boxall, um, that's pretty impressive as well. And then for um, my uh, shitty Freddie Adu, uh, I'll say that first half of Frago, Franco Fragapane, he is pretty much non-existent in the first half. Um, and, and 
actually actively bad. Um, he did kind of redeem himself with that amazing shot that you know dropped to Garcia. But um, I'd like to see more. That dude just seems like he's checked out for half the game, like, you know, every game. So I'd like to see him put in a full a full shift, um, doing the stuff that he can do, and not the uh, racist, homophobic shit that he um, also likes to do as well. So. Okay, uh, that brings us to our award-winning segment, Jess's post-match hot or not review. And I threw in a couple prompts here because wanted to get Jess's uh, thoughts on them. First one, Bongi with the very high, very high shorts with his shirt tucked in, which he was not doing last year. Um, he, he had, had the high the, shorts last year. He did have the high shorts, but he did not have a shirt tucked in. You know, he had the high shorts, and then you know the the kit that the shorts were so high that the untucked kit almost covered the shorts. Yeah. So I'm a. I'm, I'll just preface it by saying I am a. I'm not a high shorts wearer when I when I play uh, soccer, but I do chuck. I do like to tuck my shirt, and I don't when I play goalie because it's a little a little tougher. But like when I play ultimate frisbee or whatever, I am I am the guy who tucks his shirt, shirt in. Tucker. So I am a shirt tucker. Uh, when it comes to that, just like my friend. On letter, Kenny, you are a shirt tucker. <laughs> okay, what did you think of the, of the high shorts shirt tucked okay. in, Jess? Well, I appreciated that with this way, with the high shorts and the shirts tucked in, at least it didn't look like he was running around bottomless, which is a look that I rocked, I don't know, zero to five. <laughs> and I'm still ashamed of the pictures that uh, reside in my mother's home. So... On the one hand, there's that. But on the other hand, I've just felt like his uniform also kind of looked like three times too big. Like it was like too much fabric. Like he needed to drape it or something or or like he was trying to control it with the tucking and the, the, the I don't know. Um, I mean, it was interesting. It was an interesting look and it was a strong look. And I felt like it might have more to do with, I don't know, um, headspace or aerodynamics than fashion. And then the you other, know, I never uh, thought about uh, ahead, an untucked jersey being a huge, you know, drag, a huge, you know, air resistant drag when you're running out there on the pitch. That's that's a that's a high level physics take, Jess. Yeah. I mean, there there is a. There's something to be said for a, a tucked-in jersey. If you if you get if you get your jersey tugged, it will come untucked, and the referee should be able to easily more easily see that. I don't know if that's what he's going for. But, ah, you're you know. a tucker, so the tugger is evident. Yes, exactly. And then the other mm. the other fashion is a good defense. Exactly, and the other uh, I I would wager a fashion faux pas is the. Uh, the short shirt combo um, was interesting to oh say God, the to say the very least. It was absolutely yeah. visually fucking obnoxious because, like, okay, the simplified scoreboard for Apple, right? It just showed the loons in black and the the FC Dallas in white because those were the jersey colors. But the shorts, all of the shorts were white. So it, I had to pay undue attention to differentiate between shorts and jerseys during gameplay. It was fucking obnoxious, and I hated it. It, it was an interesting choice. That's that is for sure. So, yeah, uh, we were wondering why the white, the loons were wearing their black kits with their white shorts, which did not look like a good combo. And my theory was that the Dallas kit that they want to wear it was designed to be white shirt black shorts and then the ref said to for us as distinguished players the loons can't wear their black shorts as well um mm. they have to wear the white shirts so we can like if there's a foul we can differentiate whose legs were whose well i would have been able i, I would have appreciated the ability to distinguish those things more easily you know yeah uh yeah all the way around that that'll be the next thing for me to complain about Adidas uh, is that you you can't you either design a short shirt combo that is different for every team so that is it, like every team has a short shirt combo that has different colors mm -hmm. that are that they can wear together 
or none of them do. They all have matching colored shirts and shorts so that it makes things easier on the refs. And then, you know, the kit managers for both teams don't have to try to mix and match, you know, like, I don't know. That's just, yeah. if Adidas is going to design all the fucking kits for this fucking league, you know, make it easy on the kit managers. Yeah, for sure. Super hot. Well, Taking home three points on the road. That was super fucking hot. I did not expect to win here in my heart of hearts. And sure, it was the first, you know, kind of run at it since a while. Neither team was, I mean, it was the first for everybody. Everybody was a virgin, you know, so I don't think anybody played awesome. I don't think anybody played particularly horrendously. Um, but I think we walked away with three points and in the end, you know, when I think about playoff time and it's coming down to a couple points, I think about, you know, the first games in the season and what did we pull down? Huh. Last year was not good. So, yeah. Cool. Uh, all right. Well, let's, so we have three points in the book, first games in the books. Um, some other United news that popped up, um, last week. Um, this came out on Friday. Alan Benitez and the team mutually agreed to dissolve the contract that he had. What? Yeah, so this this was probably because of the international spot issue um, that the teams needed to be roster compliant um, by, I think it was like Friday at 5 p.m., I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Minnesota had far too many internationals. They clearly did not have all of the green card stuff taken care of at that point yet. Mm-hmm. So, so that's, they didn't really say a specific reason. Um, Alan Benitez was an interesting player for Minnesota. He came last year, midway through the season on a free. Um, he was basically allergic to playing defense. So um, as a defender, that's kind of a problem. Uh, he was definitely much more of a wing back, um, more honestly, more of a, of a midfielder, um, which this team has a lot of right now. And, you know, he is, you know, he definitely got into the attack quite a bit. He scored a couple goals, had a couple of assists for Minnesota last year. Uh, but he also was a huge, huge, huge liability when he did play, when he did play defense, um, and a huge liability when he's being played out of position. As Adrian, he's often did with him last year, would play him completely out of position. Yeah. So um, not surprising. I wish he would have gotten more of a run out, um, or that this team had played more of a three-five-two or, or a five-three-two um, with him as a wing back, because I think that would have been an interesting um, thing to do. But I don't think that is clearly in Heath's uh, cards. He will only pull out the three five two when they're playing against Kansas City and they're playing all MLS Next Pro players. So that's when he plays his three five twos. So I felt that towards the end of last season when Heath did pull him out, it was like you're subbing in and you're subbing in at wing. You know, like yeah, that's where he should play. <laughs> right. He's not a bad winger. <laughs> right. Um, you know what else I like about Valentin? No, go ahead. He weighs more than me. There you go. Um, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. The other uh, announcement was the new playoff format, which the T the league announced about four days before the season started in a total, um, you know, not Mickey Mouse move at all. Uh, playoff format is it changed a little bit. They added two more playoff teams. So there'd be a, a play-in game between the eighth and the ninth playoff uh, teams. Um, as well, so that's a, a one-off play-on game, and then the um, first round of the playoffs will be a, a basically a best of three, with each team having at least one home game. The higher seed will have two home games. I believe that the format is going to be home away home. So basically, play over the course of a week. I think is what their their plan is. I'm um, so confused. Yes. It, it, so basically, there will be no um, extra time, or so no no um, no. Um, overtime in the games if they're tied after 90 minutes they'll go straight to penalties and there's going to be a winner after each game yeah best of best of three so first team to two wins moves on and then after that the playoffs will be back to how they have been in the last few years with the higher seeded team hosting and a one um a one-legged affair so it'll be a, a winner take all format after that first round you know they didn't they didn't come out and specifically say this is because of Apple. Um, that's being you know, very implied that they're trying to add more playoff inventory for the Apple deal. Um, I think all of the teams who got make the playoffs would like to have, have a home game in the playoffs. Um, you know, Minnesota has made it. 
you know, that's that's a big that's a big money draw for for the teams when they can do it. So I think so it makes sense in some respects to have a home game for each team, but I don't understand why they couldn't do a a home and home, you know, like a two legged affair like every other league in the world does. Yeah, uh, they had to be they had to do MLS. So yeah, they had to be MLS. So any thoughts? Um, they had to be the American, right? We're we're gonna USA Canada this shit and <laughs> and make it like other American sports that have series of games, but yep. Total goals home and home would be vastly superior. I honestly but, think even even the even the way that Mexico does it, where they, it's a home and home, and if it's tied after the home and home, the higher seed goes through. So it, it puts the it puts the imperative on the lower seeded team to score goals, right? So it's like if you you know if you end up two two over the course of two legs, whoever the higher seed is goes through. So I mean, there's definitely ways they could have done it um, that would. Give the homes, you know, give the home team um, advantage without doing something completely unheard of in in you know soccer across the world. Yeah, but the important thing to understand is that whether it's driven from Apple or MLS or Dan Grabber is that you know with Dan Grabber, as Depeche Mode says, the grabbing hands grab what they can, and. That's that very true. This is going to this is going to be about money, and yep. and that's well, going to be more tickets sold, and maybe more merch sold, and concessions sold. There's going to be more games in the playoffs. And what I don't understand is if you're concerned about the higher seeds not going through, like one just said, like it's silly in the early rounds for one of the higher seeds like to just lose a one-off game then have this format you want more games like you want to grab all you can have the consistent format of doing a best of three every round of the playoffs or or you say we're not going to do it in the first round it's important it's so important to have not just a one-off that we have a series we're going to have the semifinals be best of three and the finals be best of five or do something stupid like that now i wouldn't be I wouldn't have liked either of those two ideas either, but logically they would make more sense in the we're going to try to be American, more U.S. sports about it um, than doing whatever this, the first round best of three and going to a one-off after that. Whatever. Yeah, it is. It's interesting. So uh, It's very Minnesota then, interesting. Exactly. And then finally, uh, yeah. Minnesota has been linked with a um, under 22 unnamed South Korean winger. Um, there's been rumors that he might be, be even being announced sometime this week. If it's, you know, if it happens, MJ, it'll probably happen tomorrow. What you know. <laughs> MJ. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know a lot because despite my request that anytime Minnesota United and Korean are used in a tweet, um, no one fucking tags me. Hmm. Um, so I'm always like, I think it's cute around or, you know, trying to find uh, this on my own. And you just guys know that like me doing research on my own, you listen to this pod. It's not that good. Um, (laughs) Give some guys some love on Twitter and some help. If someone somewhere out there mentions Minnesota United and a potential Korean player, just tag me in the replies or like. I'm surprised they are scouting through you. You I think know, it's, it's. I uh, think it's. I think it's cute. Uh, you think that that is unintentional. Um, uh, it's very, no, it's very, very uh, intentional. <laughs> the, the the frustrating thing is, I think that it is intentional, but I also have this mistaken. Um, how do I want to say this? Overvaluing of my ability to affect and change people's behavior. I think people who follow me on Twitter, will listen to this pod and they will hear my <laughs> requests to please tag me. And they'll, the next time they'll at least consider doing that. But, you know, okay. people are stubborn. Changes well, I would, but, you know, I'm just not really, I'm not the first to break these sorts of newsy things. Um, one person conjectured that it might be Yang Hyun Jun. So. Who's he? 
young Korean player. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, hopefully we'll have more uh, next week uh, on that uh, unnamed South Korean winger coming in. Uh, finally, before we take our break, uh, once a loon, MJ, who we got this week? Bring it back to segments. Yeah. So just uh, it was pointed out to me by my soda soccer colleague, uh, Jacob Schneider, that uh, Sam Nicholson is back with the Colorado Rapids. He did come back in the middle of last season, but uh, he returns uh, after two seasons with the Bristol Rovers in League One. Uh, and he played 84 minutes for the Crapids in the season opener in Seattle, where Yay! the Crapids lost to the Seattle Sounders 4 to nothing. Yeah. Colorado- now, when did he play for us? 2017. I believe. Yeah, I think 2017. 2017 and 2018. 2018, yeah. And then he sold him. With two goals to show for it. Hmm. Now, unlike the two goals for us that he scored in two seasons, for the Bristol Rovers, he scored 11 goals in two seasons. So, Yeah. He also got Um, that. Yeah, man, Colorado looks really bad. (laughs) They look like they're going to be a terrible fucking team this year. So, Yay! I kind of... Relish they will be the Crapids again, but I feel bad for Robin Frazier. Yeah, for sure. He's yeah, he's a good dude. So, all right, cool. Well, let's take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we will uh, talk some USL uh, two and USLW schedule announcements. We'll be right back. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both. Cool. And we are back. Um, schedules were dropped last early last week for USL 2 and USLW. Um, let's start first with Minneapolis City. Uh, they have uh, five home games this year. They open up with uh, their crosstown rivals, uh, St. Croix Legends, on the 13th at 6 p.m. Um, and then they have um, they have their host, the Kenosha team, um, which is just the USL soccer logo right now. Uh, before uh, an away trip, their 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 schedule is a uh, very heavily um, front loaded. Sorry, they have six six home games. That's my bad. Six, six home, home games. games. Yeah. yeah, not not five. Um, their schedule is very heavily front loaded because they have um, games uh, on the second of June, the tenth of June, and the fourteenth of June. Um, the Bavarians of Milwaukee are coming to town on the second, and then the two Canadian teams on the tenth and the fourteenth. They go away to Saint Croix on the eighteenth, and then come back and finish have their finish their home schedule on the 28th of June um, before playing their last four games on the road. Um, as we mentioned last week, no Des Moines, no Peoria. So I think this, their, their division is, is pretty much wide open for them uh, or St. Croix uh, to step up and win. So um, it'd be interesting to see. Hopefully they can get some points banked um, because yeah, four games on the road to end the season is not, it's not the ideal scenario for, for Minneapolis city. MJ, do you have any thoughts on the schedule? Just to piggyback on what you said about Peoria not being in the league anymore, uh, or not being in our division, the, that also means that I don't have to look at the ugly Peoria kits um, <laughs> when they come to town. So it, that's a, a side bonus. Um, I'm really excited for this season. I really like the new new division. I want to do a way trip somewhere. It might just be to Rochester, but um, I'd love to do uh, the Thunder Bay one. So uh, we'll see if my uh, soccer writing schedule will allow me to uh, get away. But um, I'm I'm liking the new division. And I'm liking the schedule. Yep. And then Minneapolis City is doing a uh, season ticket pickup um, actually tonight. If you're listening to this podcast on Tuesday uh, at Udipils, and then again on March fourth oh. in the in the afternoon. I believe it's from like eleven to two on Saturday, March fourth. I signed up for shipping or not. <laughs> Um, you could probably DM the team or, or just message them uh, on Twitter, and I'm sure they can let you know. And if you have, you could probably switch it if you really want to. But I think they said this: the shipping will start in, a, in like a week or so, so after the after they do the pickup. So even if you have uh, signed up for it, you could probably go pick your tickets up, and they could either reimburse you for the shipping, or you could just donate the shipping to to the team as well. So um, 
So yeah, so if you want, um, I think I'm gonna try and swing by tomorrow and get my, you know, they're Tuesday, get my tickets because there's a an event that I want to go to at Lebdonia as well. So um, might try and do two birds with one stone and whatnot. So um, what what time well, does the event start tomorrow, David? I believe it starts at five thirty. I think it's like five thirty okay. to seven thirty. Okay. Um, at Uda Pills. At Uda Pills. Uh, yeah. Uh, Minnesota Aurora also got their schedule drop at the same time um, on last Tuesday at noon. They host uh, one, two, three, four, five home. So they have, yeah, they have five home games. Um, they their season kicks off on May twenty fourth. Um, uh, it's a Wednesday. Unfortunately, they play a, four of their five games um, are on. Um, or sorry, they, they also play six games. What am I thinking? Sorry, I'm just very confused this afternoon. Four of their six games are on Wednesdays, unfortunately, this year. Um, it's just uh, with the way that all the other uh, teams in the league, they have much harder issues with their stadium and scheduling things. Um, they don't have the as flexibility that Minnesota, the Minnesota does. Um, they do have a game on July 1st, um, that a home game. Um, this right now scheduled for 7 p.m. Uh, Minnesota United plays a home game on July 1st at 7:30, and Minnesota, Minneapolis City plays uh, the game against Milwaukee Bavarians in Milwaukee on July 1st. Um, I know, I believe Aurora is trying to move that uh, that home game up um, to start a little earlier so that people can do what I'm calling the degenerate bus between the Blackheart and go so go to Aurora, come and then top back on the bus and then go to the Minnesota United game. That hasn't been officially announced. So I think they're trying to move the, that game up to a little earlier in the afternoon as well. Um, if you have season tickets from last year, season ticket renewal emails went out last week. I think you have until maybe tomorrow, Wednesday or so to renew your season tickets. Otherwise, they start opening them up to um, new um, new season ticket holders starting sometime in early March. I think at the end or towards the end of this week. So if you were a season ticket holder last year, you should have an email. Um, if you want to renew it, they, the cost did go up a little bit. Um, I think they said that the breakdown was like two or three dollars per ticket, but then because they because they sold so many tickets last year, Ticketmaster increased their fees even more, so it ends up going up like nine or, or so dollars per ticket. Um, but most of that is is, is unfortunately Ticketmaster um, and facility fees. It's not a really a, a a bump from the from the team, but that. Uh, cost is all included, so you don't pay taxes and everything is all included when you when you buy your season tickets. So um, definitely sign up, get your season tickets. The Aurora games are so much fun. Um, they added a couple new sections, a couple new seated sections, which are a little more. They do have a lot of general admission, though. So you can still get a general admission ticket. Um, so yeah, definitely do that and come hang out with us uh, at Minnesota Aurora games this year. And I'll, I'll just say May 31st is my birthday, and they play a home game on May 31st. So I want something on the Jumbotron wishing me a happy birthday. So just throwing that into the world right now. So I've already asked uh, Dylan Walpers how he got that done. So, yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Anything else on Aurora or Minneapolis City? Cool. All right. Um, uh, I, I will say this uh, about Aurora. Um, a source has told me that uh, – New Revontalit merch will be coming out shortly. So for those that aren't just excited about Minnesota Aurora merch, but also the supporter group for Minnesota Aurora, the Revontalit, the Revontalit uh, new merch will be dropping soon. Very cool. You should follow all their social media channels to yes. like see see pics of that new merch. Yes, 100%. Um... I, I did. I have got a chance to look at some of the potential stuff when they were thinking about for Aurora designs, um, and all the stuff that I was I looked at was really cool. Um, I don't know what they actually ended up deciding on going with, but I think there's going to be some really cool, um, good Aurora merch this year as well as as well as the Revancho merch. So um, buy all the merch. Uh, all right, U.S. Women's National Team won the She Believes Cup um, last week. They beat Brazil two to one in the last game of that tournament. Uh, Alex Morgan and Mallory Swanson. Of course, Mallory Swanson. I think she scored in all three of the games of the She Believes Cup. Um, pew, pew, some, pew. Some, yeah, pew, pew, pew. Some amazing goals. Um, so the U.S. women's team looked a lot better than they had at the end of the last year where they lost three games in a row. Um, but Brazil looked really good, too. And, and Brazil is obviously going to be in the World Cup as well as Canada and Japan, too. So the teams they played 
this go around. So, Dabinia is the real deal. Um, yes, she is. Most most people know her as a household name. Uh, the fact that the Casey Current got her in the off season is huge. Uh, she is going to be fun to watch, uh, both in the NWSL this year and uh, in the Women's World Cup. I, the shocker for me is that even though there was a three-way tie on points for second place after the United States, based on goal differential, Japan gets second place. And that's kind of huge for them because they came in as being the lowest-ranked uh, FIFA team. Not that FIFA rankings mean jack shit. <laughs> right. They looked really good, too. Um, so I think they're, they're an exciting team to watch. So, Asagawa. Yeah. Uh, and finally, I so late last week I decided uh, to start a pick'em pool um, with the with really started with me and and Dan Wade and Colin O'Donnell, uh, and then I threw it out there to some people and uh, you know we had like three other people to join. Um, it's really simple. If you want to play, it's gonna be ten bucks for the season. Um, you basically get uh, we'll, we'll pick four games every 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 week. Um, if the Minnesota United's playing, we always include the Minnesota United match. But then we'll pick three other games that are interesting. Um, and basically, you know, you just, it's money lines. So you pick either win, lose, or draw based on the money line. And how it works is you basically you get $100. You get 100 units every week to bet. You have to bet at least five on every single game. Um, and then you – but you have to bet all 100 every every week. And I've, I've – I'm going to be able to do this. It's really simple. You just tell me who you think is going to win, and I will put it into the spreadsheet. It's, it, all, it calculates everything itself already, so you're all good to go. You see, tell uh, okay. me who, who wins uh, or loses or, you know, who's going to win or if it's going to be a draw. Um, and then, uh, yeah, at the end of the year, uh, winner takes all. So right now, I think we have like six people in it. If the other people want to join, if you want to join now, slide into my DMs. Let me know. I'll, I'll add you to the to the email and everything. You will be down $100. Okay. Um, but that is fine because Bridget McDowell, who's also in it, she lost on all four of the picks. So she's already down $100 as well. So you just be starting with a, a slight disadvantage, but because it's money line stuff, um, you can make that up pretty quickly. Um, so yeah, so um, Jess, I will I will send you an email. If anybody else wants to join, um, just shoot me a, a, a message before, uh, actually before Saturday, so I can get you the email and get you into the spreadsheet and everything. So uh, I think that is it. So MJ, Jess, anything else that I missed or anything else you guys want to mention on the podcast before we call it a night? I just want to shout out another sport that is actually not broomball, uh, that uh, the USA Bandy had their first women's national championship. They've been help, holding men's national champion for years, but they had their very first uh, Jameson Cup battle on Sunday evening and uh, between two teams, uh, Sisu and the Mammoths, and Sisu beat the Mammoths 3-2. Um, this is not only significant for USA Bandy with the USA Nationals, but basically half of both of those teams are going to form the USA women's team that's going to go over to Sweden and play in the World Championships in late March. So Nice. Was that up at the Rose, at the John Rose Oval? Yep, or? that was at the okay. Rose Oval. Also really cool for those that know about when you're playing a smaller sport and you're trying to get more eyes on the women's version of that sport, for the first time, the men's A, men's B, and the women's championships will all be in the same city, the same site, going on at the same time. And so this allows for fans and other players to watch the other games. Um, it allows, you know, for sponsors and streaming platforms to benefit both the men's tournament and the women's tournament. So, um cool. It's huge for for Bandy to to do a combined uh, men's A, men's B, and women's championship. Um, I don't know where it's streaming, but I'll be trying to watch it. If you haven't watched field hockey on ice or ice hockey meets soccer ever, it's a fun time. Where where is the world championship going to be held? You know, um, a, a city that I can cannot pronounce in a province I can't pronounce in Sweden. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. Some place in Sweden. But, so. but uh, the other thing you should know is that longtime Dark Cloud, Grey Cloud, Neil Logan will be going representing the USA on the referee side of things. Yep. He's been doing that for many years. So. Yep. 
Very cool. So, all right, cool. Well, there's your bandy, your bandy minute um, on the Dave's I Know podcast. Uh, please rate review wherever you get the podcast uh, at TDIKMN on Twitter. Again, if you want to get into the uh, pick and pull, you can hit me up there. You can hit me up at my handle, Texas Seller. Um, MJ is at MJ Matsui and Jess is at Jessica1440839er. Niner. Niner. Two. Two. Um, yes, please reach out to us. Let us know. Um, we're trying to keep it a little shorter this, this year. Um, we're not going to try and do two hour long podcasts. Um, so hopefully let us know how we're doing. Got time for that. <laughs> let us know how we're doing on all that. And, uh, and yeah, we don't have a game this upcoming week. So, um, watch some soccer, uh, or maybe just, you know, take a break and, and hang out, but we'll be back next week to preview our home opener, which will be against the NYCFC, um, on March 11th. Hopefully we'll, some of the snow that we got all last week will have been melted by then, but who the hell knows. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody. Um, we have been to Dave's, you know, this is the Dave's I Know. Land here become fecund. Yeah, uh, we, we yeah. do our thing, son. Through the act, we attract two, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. Do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't do nothing at all.